This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We're so glad you've stayed with us because we have another great segment to go here on the show this morning. We just finished up. I, I mean, I just loved this interview with Tiffany Gehring. She's part of the World Apostle of Fatima, the Diocese of Fargo. It's an apostolate, the Blue Army, if, you, if you've heard of that. And uh, a beautiful invitation to have a beautiful relationship with Our Lady. And you could see it in her eyes oh, yeah. and how she was talking about it, how she just was completely enlightened. Just, just She's all about Mary, and yeah. she wants to let everybody know about it. She's yeah. such a loving energy. So if you missed that interview, we got three things for you to do. Check out the podcast later today. You can find it on realpresenceradio.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. Start praying the rosary every day as we're in May, which is the month of Mary. And then consider starting the first Saturday devotions, which we talked about. You'll learn more about that in the interview. We have a first Saturday this Saturday, so it's a great time to begin that if you would like to. All right, I do want to make sure that we get right into our next interview, though, because this is... I stumbled upon this book, I think it was last year, and uh, you know, it really moved me in, in the things that were written in it. it was, it's called The Devil in the City of Angels. It was written by Jesse Romero, and we're so glad to be able to have Jesse himself on with us this morning to talk a little bit about this and how you know, this, these things that are in this book are real life. These are the things that are happening. We talked a little bit at the beginning about spiritual warfare. Well, we're going to get into it pretty heavily in this segment. Jesse, thanks so much for being on with us. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Glad to be here. So let's talk about yourself a little bit. Can you, can you just share a little bit with our listeners about who you are? Well, I'm a, uh, just a Joe Sixpack uh, man from Southern California. I lived there for 52 years. I live in Phoenix, Arizona now. I've been here for the last seven years, but I was born and raised in Southern California. Grew up in, uh, in a suburb of, of Los Angeles called San Fernando, which is like Little Mexico. My wife is from East Los Angeles. That's like Little Mexico as well. So both of us grew up insulated in a total Roman Catholic Hispanic culture. Mm. Um, uh, I, be- I-, I went to college out there. Uh, my family's out there on both sides, and I became a cop out there for 25 years. And uh, <clears throat> when I retired... I moved out here to Phoenix, Arizona, uh, and I started preaching the Catholic gospel, probably a little bit before I retired. But uh, I, I just, I saw so many things in, in Southern California and Los Angeles uh, as a policeman and even off-duty, off-duty, just as a result of so much occult activity out there, Santeria, Santa Muerte, witchcraft, uh, and uh, a lot of people just don't want to talk about it. It's, it's one of those inconvenient truths. All Hispanic Catholics know all of this exists at a high level, and uh, I documented many stories. I just wrote them down in you know pieces of paper or word files, and all of a sudden, uh, a couple of years ago, I said, you know what, it's, it's time to get a conversation started about this and not run away from it, because this is, this is part of, of being a Roman Catholic Christian. We've got to deal with this, and so I put a book together called The Devil in the City of Angels, where I documented... Uh, a lot of encounters that I've had with uh, people that were diabolically afflicted and people that were diabolically, uh, you know, uh, uh, influenced at some level. You were a, a deputy sheriff, am I correct? Ye- yes. Yeah, so and I, I read in your book, it started out um, where you said um, you were an, uh, kind of an 
apathetic, indifferent, apathetic Catholic until you joined the, the deputy, uh, the sheriff's department. Was it these yeah. experiences that really kind of brought you to the true, strong faith that you have right now? Yeah, absolutely. I was a lukewarm uh, Southern California, balloons, banners, and butterflies, liberal, progressive, modernist Catholic. And you probably know the type because there's a bunch working in the White House. That was me. Um, and uh, it, was, it was the experiences of, 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 of being uh, working for the largest law enforcement, uh, largest sheriff's department in the world. It was these experiences that brought me face-to-face with, uh, with the reality of the devil and uh, my whole world was completely turned upside down. I would say my, the first time that my whole world was flipped was back in 1983. I was a rookie Los Angeles deputy a sheriff assigned to the Los Angeles County Jail, which is the largest jail in the world. You have to work a couple of years in the county jail as a, as a young sheriff before they put you in a patrol sta- station. Mm-hmm. And so for the first six months, uh, I was babysitting uh, this one... 200 prisoners in this one section of the jail called the Mentally Ill Offenders Unit. That's where we kept all the serial killers, mass murderers, psychopaths, and sociopaths. And uh, 99% of these guys, uh, 99.9% of them are found guilty. Most of them were already found guilty. We were waiting to transport them to the Department of Corrections for either to death row or for life in prison. A few of the guys were still fighting their cases. And I remember one day I went to Mass... And I heard at the second reading, uh, the second reading, nobody can say Jesus Christ is Lord except by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I started rolling my eyes. I'm saying, come on. You know, I'm, I'm there right in the, in the front pew rolling my eyes. Saying, come on. Anybody can say Jesus is Lord. And so here I am arguing with the second reading. I'm arguing with St. Paul at Mass. That's how bad I was. Uh, you know, that's, it's in First Corinthians 12, 3. So got out of Mass, went home, grabbed my uniform, drove to work 15 minutes to downtown L.A., and then I, in my, I said, you know what? There are 200 uh, killers and serial killers and mass murders that I babysit here for eight hours, and I feed them. You know, it's, you know, three officers feed them. They're all in the one-man cell. They have no contact with anybody. You take them out one at a time for exercise for 30 minutes a day. So it's, it's, it's high security. And so as we're feeding them, I said, uh, you know, you put the, 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 the tray through a little compartment, a little small little compartment through the bars. And I started asking uh, some of the inmates as we're going down and feeding them. I said, hey, can you say Jesus is Lord? If you say Jesus is Lord, I'll give you some more food. And I noticed <laughs> I noticed that the first two guys in the first two cells, they were, they were, uh, they killed a bunch of people. They were, but one was the Hell's Angel killer. The other, the other one was like a, a Mexican mafia killer. They were able to say Jesus is Lord, no problem. I went to the third cell. There's a very famous uh Satanic killer back in the 80s. His name was Richard Ramirez, a night stalker. I asked him, hey, Ramirez, I said, you want an extra portion? You want, you want, uh, some, uh, you want me to get you some officer food from the, from the officer dining room? Can you say Jesus is Lord? He says, are you kidding? That's all I got to do? I said, yeah, just say Jesus is Lord. Richard Ramirez, who killed 40 women, looked at me, and he wanted to get some, you know, an officer's uh, a portion uh, from the officer's dining room. He tried his best to say Jesus is Lord. As I'm looking at his face, I noticed that he, he, he's, it's like if something was choking him. It's like if he had a wishbone in his throat. Uh, I could see that his face is turning shades of red. His eyes rolled back. He was, you, could see, you could see he was trying as hard as he could because he wanted to get that 
officer food. It's like there, it's like there was cement in his mouth all of a sudden when uh-huh. he was trying to say Jesus is Lord. Uh, he physically could not speak those sacred words. Uh, this very angry, this very ugly countenance came came over him. I, I was there with two other officers and a sergeant. The entire temperature dropped like a refrigerator in that section of the of the jail. There was a cold freeze that came from his jail cell. It seemed to cover all of us. And uh, the other officer said, Jess, knock it off, knock it off, quit doing that. This is creepy. I witnessed a satanic mass murder who was physically unable to say Jesus Christ is Lord. But not only a mass murder, he was a satanic mass murder. Because the other inmates that had just killed for drugs, or they were hired hitmen, they were able to say Jesus is Lord. The only people... Uh, in that mentally ill offenders unit that were not able to say First Corinthians twelve three Jesus is Lord were the satanic serial killers and I witnessed that that was nineteen eighty three wow that changed my entire life that flipped my faith upside down that's amazing you know one of the other things you talked about in your book with these uh, satanists is that there were two things that they all had and this is particularly interesting to me because I work for a company called Covenant Eyes, which battles against pornography. They had the Satanic Bible and they had pornography, and that just that just really strikes me. You know, obviously the Satanic Bible makes sense, but but why pornography? Again, because the ACLU has allowed them. Uh, they there's no restriction in the literature that they can read per uh, per the ACLU. They won a, they won a case in the U.S. Supreme Court, and uh, these. These, sat- these sailor killers and Satanists, that's what they ask for. That Their diet of reading is the Satanic Bible and pornography. It, it, things may have changed now. I mean, it's 2012. I haven't been to the county jail since 1986. So, uh, But I don't think with the liberal ACLU, I, I think they still have the right to, to, to read pornography. That's my guess. But I'll tell you one thing. You can look at interviews, for example interviews of uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, and many others, uh, Ted Bundy, they'll all tell you, they'll all tell you that they were, their mind was corrupted, they could never see a woman uh, with, with, with the inviolable dignity that God created her after they started watching pornography, especially they graduate, they go into hard porn, and it completely just rewires the way they look at women Coupled with the fact that they have no faith component, coupled with the fact that they're reading the Satanic Bible, yeah. which tells them, do what thou wilt, that's the whole of the law, uh, that's, just a, that's just a blueprint for, uh, to create a monster. Wow. If you're just tuning in, we're visiting with Jesse Romero. He's the author of the book, The Devil in the City of Angels. We're talking about this book and some of the things that he experienced in his 25 years at the L.A. County Sheriff's office as he was a a deputy sheriff there. You know, Jesse, we have about a minute here before break, but I I would love to get into just some of the things on the streets. So, you know, we see, we see angry people around us probably on a daily basis, you know, people that are upset and, you know, we hear about things that are happening, but I wonder if we don't take enough time to consider and pray for those people and wonder if, you know, they're being impacted here by spiritual darkness. And can you talk a little bit about that as, as you talk about, you know, you, just your experience out there on the streets? Absolutely. Because I'll tell you why I know a lot of people are really dealing with spiritual darkness is because one mortal sin separates you from God 
and mortal sin, when you don't repent of it, what ends up happening, it weakens your will. Also, one mortal sin invites a demon. Now, there's a difference. I didn't say the demon comes inside you. That's possession. One mortal sin invites a demon. God is out of the picture. You're separated from God. And so at this, at this point, you have what's called psychological compatibility with a demon. And you can see because what word of demons attack, the, based on the Bible, the, the Word of God, they attack our thoughts. That's why St. Paul says, take every thought captive to obey Christ in 2 Corinthians 10.5. This is exactly what they do. They can influence our memory, our appetites. They can't control our wills, but they watch us, they study us. They have nothing else to do. That's their job assignment. They have superior intellects. And what they cause us to do, the word demon means one who divides. That's what the word demon means, a spirit who divides. They try to divide your thoughts. They try to divide your relationships. They try to divide you from the church. They try to divide you from God. And you can see this. This is why St. Paul talks about in Ephesians 6, put on the helmet of salvation. What does that mean? It means guard your mind and guard your thoughts. Why? That's precisely where demons attack us. Wow. Uh, and Yeah. Yeah, we need to step away for a break, and we could pick up in this conversation. Again, we're visiting with Jesse Romero, author of the book, The Devil and the City of Angels. We'll be back right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. If you're hearing this, that means you're a Real Presence Radio listener, and we have a message for you. May 11th through May 13th, we'll be gathering for three full days of live local content. Hear from some of your favorite hosts and guests as they help RPR raise funds during our Spring Live Drive. Let us hear from you May 11th through the 13th, and let everyone know that you love your family of faith and hope. You can find all the details, including how to give online, at realpresenceradio.com slash live dash drive. A chorus for the faithful and also for those who are maybe, maybe even those who are on the fence or who aren't even Catholic. It's a wonderful opportunity where you're just kind of browsing the radio and then all of a sudden, hey, what's this? And I've heard a number of stories of uh, even non-Catholics and somebody who has maybe been Catholic, but they kind of fell away from the faith and kind of they're, they're kind of secretly listening to Real Presence Radio as they drive to work or as they're a farmer and they're out in the fields and just kind of how they have been inspired by the truth of the gospel and our many uh, good speakers um, on the radio uh, sharing the truth of Christ and, uh, and His mercy and, and of course uh, for the faithful, um, probably the majority of who are listening to Catholic Radio, um, we're always built up um, through the gift of the gospel. This is Connie Paintner from Blessed Sacrament in West Fargo. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hey everyone, thanks for staying with us as we continue our conversation with Jesse Romero, author of the book, The Devil in the City of Angels. Jesse, before we had uh, went into break, we were talking about just the impact of 
demons on us that we don't recognize and how you got to see this firsthand in your experience with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department for 25 years. Yeah, well, Southern California is a hodgepodge of occult activity, especially because we have Hollywood right next, you know, well, within Los Angeles County. Hollywood is just a hotbed of witchcraft and Satanism. It always has been. Uh, you also have uh, the influence of San Francisco, which is San Francisco was were the first uh, Church of Satan was built in 1966 by Anton LaVey. And so that's the Vatican for, for the Church of Satan, San Francisco, California. That's, that's headquarters. And then Hollywood is basically just uh, the, uh, the marketing arm of Satanism through the media and through, and, and through uh, you know, again, just through the influence that they have on the culture. But uh, again, how do the demons attack? Is this to be practical? As, as Catholics, first of all, we've got, uh, spiritual warfare is something that we're all involved in with the moment that we were baptized. When you were born in planet Earth, you're a creature of God. When you were baptized, you became a child of God at that moment. Now, in fact, baptism, it's right in the Catechism, 1673, it says that it's a minor exorcism. Why is baptism a minor exorcism? Because when you're born, you're not a child of God. That's why. You're under the kingdom of darkness. You're, you're under the... You're, St. Paul's very clear. I said, you know, you're, you're, you're a child of wrath. You're part of the kingdom of darkness. You're a creature of God, but you're not a child of God. Baptism brings you into the family of God. You now become a child of God, and now you enter into spiritual warfare. Now, for the rest of your life, until you drop dead, uh, you will be vexed, annoyed, uh, attacked, uh, and tormented by evil spirits uh, that prowl around the world seeking to devour somebody, as the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8. And this is just normal. This is just, this is just uh, the way it is on planet Earth. Uh, the devil belongs to planet Earth, 1 John five nineteen. Uh, it's very clear. We are of God, comma, the whole world is under the power of the devil. Jesus Christ, in his conversation with the devil, <laughs> told him, yeah, this is your world. The devil said, yeah, all of this has been given to me. And so, so long as we're here, uh, we're going to be uh, engaging in spiritual warfare. That's how you become holy. That's how you become saints. God, God uh, allows these temptations to happen by these evil spirits, these fallen angels, to make us, you and I, holy. It's like a it's like a sparring partner. When I when I, I fought for ten years in the ring, I would prepare for fights. Uh, I, I fought I fought I pr- I trained with the guys that were better than me. Why? Well, you want to bump up your game. So when it comes to the day of the fight, you're saying, "Man, I, I was sparring with this world champion. I was sparring with that world champion. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about this chump in front of me." And so that's the same thing with demons. God allows these demons to be our sparring partners to make us saints, to make us holy, so that we can grow in virtue. And so they're useful idiots. They don't realize that at the end of the day, uh, they're all going to be thrown in the lake of fire, Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. They're all going to be sealed, and they're gonna all going to be tormented by Christ when Christ comes back at his second coming. But until then, uh, this is the battlefield, planet Earth, and most especially, this is why we've got to guard our thoughts and, uh, and, and, and our minds, because the mind is the battlefield. That's exactly where, where, where you know, uh, truth and, and lies are decided within the individual mind. That's why, as a Catholic, the best protection against the diabolical is to live in a state of grace. Live in a state of sanctifying grace, have an ordered prayer life, and have a clean interior life. If you do that, if you live in a state of grace, you're absolutely protected from the diabolical. That's Catholic theology. It doesn't mean you're not going to be tempted, but you're protected from the diabolical if you live in a state of sanctifying grace. The first step in spiritual warfare, of course, is to believe that there are evil spirits out there. 
Can you talk a little bit about why is that a struggle for even theologians this day? You know, why, why do they struggle with that? There's, there's ultimate good and ultimate bad. So why is that so hard to comprehend? Um, I'd say two reasons. Number one, because of bad teaching. Number one, we've had 60 years of bad catechesis in the church as a result of modernism. And so a lot of uh, you know, schools of higher learning in our, in our faith uh, they want to be politically correct, and they don't want. They want to sound like if uh, you know they're 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 with the times or with the zeitgeist, and they're just embarrassed to talk about angels and demons. They're saying, "Man, how am I? How are my colleagues? You know, from the other disciplines, these other professors. How are they going to look at me if they actually think I, as a professor, believe in angels and demons?" So, number one, a lot of people in the church in the last sixty years, including theologians and priests and bishops, have been uh, have drank from the waters of modernism. Number two, I think. Uh, Another reason why a lot of people don't believe is because there's a spiritual blinding. That the Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, that the devil's able to blind the minds of people. It's right in Scripture. How he does that, we don't know. We don't know, we don't know the mechanics of how that happens. But is he able to blind us? Absolutely. It's right in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Uh, and so, in some way, shape, or form, well, we do know theologically that mortal sin, mortal sin, what it does, it blinds the intellect. Unrepentant, unconfessed mortal sin blinds the intellect. God is removed uh, from our. We have no relationship with God. Uh, we're separated from God, and the will, the will, what we generally call the heart, is weakened now. Hmm. So our disposition to try to live, pursue a life of virtue and holiness is weakened and is compromised. And so, uh, at, at that moment, you have psychological compat- compatibility with a demon, whatever demon, of the, the, whatever mortal sin that you're embracing, pornography. Uh, anger, uh, you know, uh, you know, sexual immorality, drug addiction. There's a demon that's compatible with every single mortal sin you permit and what you commit. And when you commit that sin, they become present to you. They become like a. They become like your buddy. They just cling and follow you all day. And they say they're in you. That's possession. That's different. But you have a clinging spirit once you once, once you embrace unrepentant, unconfessed mortal sin. About 30 seconds left here, Jesse. What can we do in our homes and our families to, you know, just safeguard ourselves from the attacks of the evil one? I'll make it quick. Fraternity, order, and ritual. Fraternity, what do I mean by that? Get back to church, especially men. Find a men's group. Iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. For order, you have to order your intellect according to the Word of God. You have to order your interior life according to the church's teachings. Leave, live a clean life. Ritual. What I mean by ritual, pray three times a day. Daniel chapter six verse ten. Bible says morning, midday, and evening. If you really want your prayers to have gunpowder, pray at six a.m. every day, twelve noon, and six p.m. That way, your your uh, your prayers are being uh, united with the with the mystical body of Christ throughout the world. That's the times that the church prays around planet Earth, and your prayers are much more powerful because it's being united with billions of people around the world. Jesse, thanks so much for being on with us. If people want to get your book or follow your ministry, where can they go to? Yeah, you can get the book from 10books.com, 10books.com, or you can get it on my website, jesseromero.com, jesseromero.com. If you want to invite me to your parish, same thing, go to my website. Uh, and uh, if you want to listen to me on uh, on my podcast, I do. Uh, I podcast every single day. I, I, I start up uh, an Internet uh, radio station called Virgin Most Powerful Radio, so it's virginmostpowerfulradio.org. You can go right to the website and you can catch my daily podcast. Thanks so much again, Jesse. Really appreciate your time today.
You got it. God bless you guys. You Thank too. You. Thanks, Jesse. All right, we are at the end of the show, and that means it's time for Eli, the board op guy, to tell us what's coming up tomorrow on Real Presence Live. I'm going to have to get new business cards made up. Yeah. <laughs> just remember, I was the one who gave you the name. All right, all right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll when you be get sure really big, just remember us little people. Yep, sounds good. We've got another great show coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That's hosted by Father Richard Kunst and Cindy Jennings, coming to you live from St. James Church in Duluth, Minnesota. They'll visit with Bishop Daniel Felton of the Diocese of Duluth, and he'll speak about what's on his mind. Then at 9.30 Central, get your questions ready for Straight Talk with Father Richard Kunst. He'll be ready for you. And Max Haven will join us to talk about bringing the Catholic faith into his work in the film industry. All this and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Tuesday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. All right back to you. Groovy. Thanks, Eli. All right, uh, about a minute and a half here. Takeaways? Uh, you know, I think that um, the takeaway is for, for me is probably to really, truly understand the power of evil out there and to even further understand that there are a lot of ways to combat it. It's not something that we do on our own. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly, yeah, it does have power, but it does has no power in relation to the name of Jesus even, right? Yeah, oh, but yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where um, it, we have to recognize when, you know, when it's happening and then re- rely on Mary and rely on, uh, you know, on Jesus and the guardian angel and, you know, all, all the prayer um, options out there, all the ways to combat it. Yeah. And I just, I love too what he talked about how the easiest way to, to fend off demonic activity is to live in a state of grace, have an ordered prayer life and a clean interior life. What is that? That goes back to what we've been talking about, right? Mm-hmm. You can pray the rosary every day. Now is a great time to start praying the rosary every day. Conf- if you want to fulfill the first Saturday devotions, confession once a month. That'll clean out the interior life. You know, just simple things, simple steps that we can take. Yes, they require some sacrifice, but ultimately the sacrifice is worth it. It's creating that order in your life. And that's part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So there's your takeaways for today. Thank you so much for joining us on Real Presence Live. Stay with us for more Real Presence Live throughout the week and stay with us now for More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popjack. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.